0: Welcome to Sturkers and Radar Uncut, our monthly podcast brought to you by Pink. Pay your best. <laughs> get that driver out, grab that cheap and rip that Pink driver right down the middle like double Watson. It's episode six and Radar, I don't feel like I've spoken to you forever. So we had our Ryder Cup episode, which is brilliant. You've been globetrotting. I've been at home in the studio at Sky and growing a baby. So I feel like I haven't seen or spoke to you for ages. So how are you doing? All right, you, and how's that baby coming along? Yeah, he's cooking nicely, cooking nicely. I've got about seven or eight weeks to go, and then my life is going to change forever. You got a name? I've got a couple of names. Uh, Henrik, Sergio. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Brooks. I mean, what, are you going to go through the whole lot? I mean, what? what? You gonna, you what? Definitely not Wayne, that's for sure. Definitely not Wayne. No, no I am... I, um, Colin. Colin. <laughs> Monty. I mean, all these great golfers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin's Justin's a popular one. No, I'm, oh. I'm, quite, I'm quite, what do you think of Sebastian? i quite liking Sebastian. Do we like that?
1: No. <laughs> no Seb- not? Sebastian's not not, not the go. Hi, no. how you doing? My name's Sebastian. Seb, Seb. <laughs> Seb. Oh, Seb. Seb's, all right. yeah, exactly. Seb's all right. Seb's all right. a nice name. Seb Co. What a champion.
0: Seb Sturk. I thought that'd be quite a cute name well feel free any suggestions let me know have a think and maybe you can tell us on the next Chuck 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 yeah it's got a nice ring to it hasn't it yeah it has yeah <laughs> so listen how was Dubai I know that was a that was a pretty cool week but I know you've been out there for a couple of weeks it's been nice for you to get back out on the road obviously you were in the States before that how fun was it to head to the Middle East end of the year
1: yeah it was really hot um but it was great. The first week, uh, I'd just been in the UK for a few weeks off, and it was re- it was great. And um, I'm back in the UK now for a couple of weeks before I go back to Australia. But yeah, it was really great to get back out there and watch some good golf. And that second week, the DP World, the big one, was uh, such a success. Um, Colin Morikawa just um, playing so very well. I didn't see that coming. I, I really didn't. I, uh, 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 you know, Rory got himself to in front after about 11 or 12 holes. And I honestly thought he'd pull away. He he missed the putt on 11, 12 and 13 and then didn't board birdie 14 and that was his undoing. A lot of people go, well, he went from leading to running six. Look, it happens. It happens. And Rory McElroy, it wasn't his best night. And he, no one can say Rory McElroy does that very often, but it just happened. And Morikawa started to speak through them all through the leaderboard burning five out of the last seven holes usually that gets it done he's a deserved champion won a wgc event this year he won the open championship and now he's uh europe's number one the dp
0: world champion right now we've talked about this we talked about this at the open i still he's a quality player obviously but it's the maturity that still blows my mind at 24 now look you look at his resume you look at what he's achieved he's a He's a two-time major winner. He's Europe's number one, as you just said. He's just produced that performance. Best iron player in the game. It, it, it's staggering, isn't it? But still the maturity. And I listened to that interview that he did, you know, post-round talking. He's, I mean, he's, he's got it all, hasn't he? He really has. But what, yeah. how, do you, how do you kind of quantify that maturity at that age? The ability to do what he does to handle the situation, handle the pressure at that age. It blows my mind still. Yeah, his
1: upbringing must have been very good. Um his parents, you know, uh, full credit. I, uh, To be truthful with you, I don't think I've ever seen a golfer come along such as him. I've seen golfers come along with personalities such as his, but they haven't been successful. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I'm getting a guy, Colin uh, Morikawa, that's such a beautiful guy, like a lovely person. And... So very often we've seen so many lovely people come along in our game and haven't been a success, but this guy is. He's very intelligent. Uh, he, he's always got a smile on his face. He has time for everyone. He's articulate. He's, he's everything that we want in our game. He's come along at such a young age, but where has he come from? You know, it's, it's, it's so very impressive, a two-time major champion already. Uh, it's just uh, so, so we, we're blessed to have him. In our game, that's how um, that's how cool this kid is. Uh, we said it. Uh, I've said it a few times. You know, he, he took like a year out to work out who his manager was going to be, who his caddy was going to be, where he was going to play. So he thinks about what he's going to do. He doesn't um, obliterate golf courses. He doesn't bully golf courses. He's more of a tactician, and he doesn't hit it overly long. He hits it long enough. He reaches par five, has a great short game. And the only thing that stands out with his game is his iron play, but the rest of it, it's all better than just competent. He's, you know, he's he's going to be the number one player in the world. I don't think there's any doubt. Or did he go to number one or is he still at number two? He's I'm 2 not sure. Yeah, he's two. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I just think, I love that. You say, we've talked about it before, but you say it with sport, that kind of that level of humility, you know, he's a humble guy combined with absolute success. Often you see like the top guys, don't you? Or, you know, to get to that, to get to that elite position, they've kind of got that ego. Obviously you need to have an ego. You need to be hugely self-confident. You need to have that kind of swagger about you, that level of arrogance, but his ability to combine that level of success with a personality, which is just, Explodes with humility. It's just, I think it's absolutely yeah. fascinating.
1: You tell me a champion like this who's been this nice, a, a golfer. Yeah. Hey, uh, you, know, you know, you at home who listen to our, and there's loads of you who listen to our podcast.
0: Who? Yeah, exactly. He reminds me a little bit like Federer in the, in the tennis world, the kind of, you know, they get to the top and it's like, you're Mr. Nice and you're, and you're so good. Great example.
1: But we haven't really got one of those. In, in golf.
0: No. We have,
1: but they aren't a success. Yeah. You know, if you haven't got the mongrel in you, yeah. in golf, you, they say you can't be a great player. Well, that's been put to rest.
0: Colin Morikawa. Exactly, and you know, you look at Tiger, you know, in his absolute heyday, he was ruthless. You know, he would go to a tournament yeah, he wouldn't r- engage with anyone. He was like, for me to do what I need to do, Tunnel vision, I don't talk to anyone, I don't engage with fans. I'm blinkered. I do my thing. And, and then you achieve that level of success. You know, a lot of people say Ricky Fowler, he's too nice. He needs to get rid of that nice edge to be more successful. I know we're talking about completely different golf games here in terms of Fowler. And, no, but you're right there. That's true, not a bad, um, That's not a bad example either. R-
1: example, R- Ricky Fowler, you know, he's one of the nice guys, but he's a little more ruthless than Morica. But maybe Morikawa's just got it all deep down within him, and and he's you know, but yeah, you know, evidently he travels around with his uh, his girlfriend or his wife or his partner, or, and they just cruise around together and they go and do these things and they he's got bacon on his golf ball because they both like bacon. I mean, it's bizarre. It's um, it's fantastic stuff. It really is. Um, we're looking forward so much to watching him play. So. Uh, it's, now, I didn't give him a chance of winning on Sunday, I really didn't And no. next minute he's coming through the field And uh, he went full credit to him, man. full credit
0: Full credit indeed. he's a class act, we love him You mentioned Rory there, but you know All the pictures went out on social media afterwards He ripped his shirt, didn't he, in anger and frustration 74 on Sunday, he was fuming when he walked off that golf course She kind of liked to see that passion though You know, a few people in the past have questioned Rory We saw at the Ryder Cup what it meant to him In tears in that interview, he's talked maybe about playing down, playing down his emotions a bit as a way of self-preservation. Did you like to see that raw emotion of, Do you know what, I'm I'm annoyed now. I'm going to show my emotion. That stung. That hurt for me. And I'm not happy about it.
1: I love to see it. Yeah, good on him. I mean, yeah, bring it on. Everyone can see now. We we know you and I, Sarah. A lot of people have said in the past, "Oh, he doesn't care that much." I mean, they don't know what they're talking about. Rory McElroy can't be the success he has been and will be in the future without you know wanting it so badly. Um, and you know, he just got upset and, and, and ripped his shirt. And people are you know,
0: well, who cares? I think it was. I think it's a good thing. I, I just that's what I'm saying. I wanted to to see that emotion, yeah, how much it hurt, how much it stung. I thought was great.
1: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Great to see it. Great to see it. I, I saw um, last night Harry Diamond. I said, "Oh, he's ripping his shirts, Harry!" And we just had a we just had a chuckle. We we're on the same flight, so um, it was uh, yeah. No, yeah, it, was, it just didn't happen for Rory McIlroy. But there you go. Bad week. Finishes sixth. You know. He won his last start before that. People expect Rory to win all the time, but people can't win all the time. Unless you're a Tiger, you know, he was 23 or 24% of win ratio. But, you know, uh, a good week. And ripping his shirt, good on him. I mean, uh, you know, maybe, you know, let there be many more rips.
0: Exactly. Now, he's not, I mean, he's not rivaling you in the chest hair stakes, though, is he?
1: No, no, well, I imagine Rory would be able to afford to get down there and get the, they get the sticky tape on and uh, rip it. But me, you no, know, you know, I'm a hairy man. That's the way it is. <laughs>
0: uh, and can I just say, we're going to introduce our guest in a minute. Can I just say, you've been in Dubai. I know you've had the builders in your flat. You're getting a bit of decoration work done. But you are sitting there with your pants and socks on a clothes liner behind you. We don't, I They're don't, actually not
1: mine.
0: Oh, they're not. I didn't think, I couldn't imagine you in those, in those little grey budgie smugglers actually, Radar. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. No. <laughs> no. Well, that's quite embarrassing you now. You made me bluff there, sir.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. I've, I've got an image in my head. I just can't get out of my head now. Thanks for <laughs> no, they aren't like mine. Trust me, trust me. I've only just got home. So, yeah. you, yours are the pink ones with the yellow dots, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Those pants up there actually what <laughs> is that melted
1: mars bar in the bottom of?
0: The- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyway let's move on time to introduce this month's guest. well delighted to say that johnny longsocks mclaren is our very special guest johnny longsocks big fan of yours we've been buddies on tour for a while i know radar's a big fan of yours as well great to have you with us and thanks for joining us on the pod
2: Thanks very
1: much,
0: Sarah. Radar. Good on you, Johnny. Good (laughs) on you, son. (laughs) Now, Johnny Longsocks, just back from Dubai, as is Radar. Now, I was keen to get you on. Well, firstly, because you're a top bloke, but also there was a a little report recently uh, in the media. We know that you're leaving, or you and Paul Casey are parting ways. And there was a, a report basically... I know you weren't that happy with the headline, but just talk us through, I guess, your decision effectively to hang up your caddying bib. You've been doing it for what, how many years? Obviously, we know about the success with Luke Donald, amazing success with Casey as well. Why now to kind of hang up the bib and say, do you know what, I just want to spend a bit more time at
2: home? Um, Sarah, most of the things that have been said have been pretty accurate, to be honest. The main thing, and I want to first out touch on mental health issues and You know, I know that this is a traveling around the world during this COVID period the last couple of years has been very difficult for everyone involved. So not just in golf, but all sports and pretty much everyone involved in travel has found things difficult. Um, My situation is my children are now seven and eight. Actually, my son's gonna be eight today. So eight and nine, let me get that right. Um, (laughs) Happy birthday. That's a good thing, isn't it? yeah. Having to travel across to meet Paul at work for the last six years has been fine and I'm not too bad with that, but the last couple of years has made it um, mentally and physically rather tough and I'm missing my family growing up. So uh, it's been a decision that has sort of taken the last six months of my life really that I've been making this, uh, thinking about doing this and now finally I've said to Paul that it's the time.
0: And you know you've had, as I said, amazing success. How t- how tough is it? It's a great job, isn't it, John? Let's it's be fantastic. honest. You know you've, you, you know I know you've got a great relationship with Paul, like you had with Luke. It's a great job. You travel the world. You see your mates. See the, the phone, Sarah's gone already. That's another player on the phone. <laughs> they can wait already. He's got Casey's gone. That's Tiger.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Tiger's back practicing. And yeah, he wants you to that really.
2: We might be back about the same time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, how tough is the decision to walk away from a great job like that?
2: Paul and I have been all very transparent and very honest with each other, and we initially agreed five years. Uh, when we when the COVID break occurred, he basically said to me, You owe me at least six months because we didn't play for six months. So one more year was tacked on to the end of our contract, if you like. Mm. And that meant through to the end of this year. Uh, My visa actually runs out on the 18th of February to work for Paul. So the timing was such that it would require me to go back into immigration and get a new visa, which are attached to the player if you're going to do it completely legitimately, which I have. Um, So it was as much the timing of that, the six years that we've had, I've been very proud of and I'm really pleased with what we've achieved and our relationship has actually grown and got stronger. But that all said, it just is the right time for Paul and I to to go our separate ways. Um, I think if I was just going to take three months off, for instance, it would probably... I don't know. The person that took my place for a while would feel like I was a shadow looming in the background. And I don't really want that. And I want Paul to be able to continue his career, which is awesome. And for the person to take my place to potentially better me and, and perhaps win Paul a major.
0: Who's you going to call now then, Johnny?
2: Actually, I don't know. I'm going I'm to stay out of that uh, for exactly the same reason as me not wanting to be a shadow. I'm not sure I want some of the phone calls that I might get. <laughs> um so are you serious about this guy
0: because he didn't want you to go I mean look I know I know how big a fan he is of you and how the success and what you've done to help him you've become as you said really good mates he didn't want you to go I mean he's he's not particularly happy about this is he
2: no he'd like he'd much rather I stay around and he but the thing is with Paul is where where I love him he's so open with me And he just turned around and he said, I want you there, but I only want you there when you want to be there. If you don't, then I don't want you around, really. Yeah. Um, He wants my heart and soul when he's got me. Um, And I think, you know, you're you're so in touch with the modern game, Sarah, and you too, Radar, that we caddies these days have more to do than just carry a bag around. And I invest a lot of time into Paul's schedule and how we decide where suits him and where it doesn't. His statistics and all of the things that go on. So, you know, I was I was taking my job seriously, naturally. Um, and if I if I didn't think I was going to do it the whole hog, then I don't really want to do it so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you you've always been like that. You're almost there. Aren't many like you, like in the respect of of of, of a caddy come caddy golfing manager, which is which is a very good thing. Like, you know, you, you go about your business in a very professional manner. You know, guys who are blasé about their professional and just go nilly-willy about it, who are great players, you know, I don't think they can handle it. But you get the right player, such as Paul, like and a Luke, who enjoy that stuff, being guided in the right direction, you come into your element.
2: It's so true, uh, you know, because there's a lot of players that probably wouldn't enjoy how I do my job. I mean, I wouldn't say that they wouldn't benefit from it because that would be remiss of me. Um, however, they kind of like to wear the trousers, if you like, whereas Paul always liked the idea of, if I'm coming up with ideas for him, he knows I've thought them through rather than worrying about whether he can hit his 7-iron 190 like he does. So I think things through, saves him having to. And And the other thing about it, Radar, to me is, just because you're the bag carrier doesn't mean to say you can't have an opinion or be bright enough to know what suits a player most
1: yeah and, and, and you know and it's not to say that you're allowed to be brighter than the player
2: yeah i mean Paul's well, pretty bright lad but
1: <laughs> yeah. well you know i mean there you know there are you know because you're a golf professional doesn't actually mean that you are smart
2: Sorry, up, but I thought that world rankings and uh, intelligence were directly linked.
1: <laughs> now, Johnny, I want to ask you a question. I want the best three things, the greatest moments you've ever had experienced, your greatest moments, three of them.
2: Uh, number three would be winning the Argentinian Open with Scott Dunlap. Gee that's unreal. Why? Uh, Because it's such an old tournament to win. It was like, it's one of the, I don't know, maybe three or fourth oldest championships in golf. And Scott's one of my dear friends. And we went, um, we traveled all around the world together in the early days, in the late 90s. Um, And we went down there and... We tried on about three occasions to win and we never managed. And then when we finally struck our victory, it was, it's just one of those things. It was such a fantastic journey for he and I. And yeah, that was magic. Who? I think I might actually pull out this little picture. I've got a lovely book, you see, with Luke in it. And it was winning the PGA Wentworth when he went to world number one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember there was, everyone was vying for the position mm. and we ended up in a playoff with uh, Westwood. And I think that that either one of them would have been world number one at the time, but here we go. There's
0: Yeah. Special week.
2: And then funny enough, my favorite probably is winning the Valspar with Paul. Valspar. He ran a great golf course. Um, We'd sort of... We felt so euphoric when that happened because we'd been knocking at the door, knocking at the door. He hadn't won in America since, what was it, 2009, was it? And And then
1: defending it.
2: uh, Yeah, and then defending it. But the first time around was just... He and I would... We were beside ourselves. We were just so happy. It was, I guess, so much work gone into our relationship of we were chip, chip, chipping away at the stats and working on his pitching and it just came together and it was amazing
0: Really good, top three and yeah, kind of obviously amazing success with Luke and then the Valspar as you said, special times So who was easier to work for then Luke or Paul?
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're so different aren't they?
0: Of course, yeah. I mean, or even, I know, um, in jest, you don't have to answer that. What about maybe some of the, you know, the strengths of both and maybe some some characteristics that we, we, we probably don't know about either Paul or Luke that you saw firsthand and you were able to kind of, you know, help the individual in their growth as a golfer and a player?
2: I was always impressed with Luke's mental fortitude, you know, without... Being rude to him and his skills, he could hit some pretty dreadful shots sometimes and it was literally water off a duck's back. He took no notice of those shots where they would have made me potentially think about whether I'm in the right profession. He just carried on hold apart and made birdie from places that you couldn't possibly imagine. So, yeah, that side of him was was fantastic. Paul, his huge strength is his ball striking. Now, that's where they're so funny as two people to have worked for for six years each of them. Um, when Paul's ball striking goes off, he doesn't have anything like the mental fortitude to handle it, and he kind of crumbles, and um, he relies on it so much. So you've got literally the flip of the coin with those two. If you could put them together, you'd probably had Tiger Woods, I guess.
0: <laughs> but you kind of helped on that aspect as well by becoming – good friends, and you kind of touched on it earlier, do you think you've had the that sort of relationship with Paul to be able to, you know, to stand up to him, to be honest, and maybe tell tell a player a few home truths?
2: I think it's essential that you are honest. Otherwise, how, how do you get better? You know, the whole thing is to be better at your profession, but for both of us, the player and the caddy. And I think that if... Obviously, the one thing that I feel is probably the most important is the mutual respect. Like I have huge respect for the people I work for. Um, and we've touched on some of them, you know, like Duffy Waldorf, um, Anders Hansen, Luke. I mean, these people came to my wedding because I consider them dear enough friends to in- invite them along. And, you know, that's part of what I am. I give my soul to this when I go and join them. And I said the same to Paul, you know, when I said yes, it was a full yes. And I'd back him all the way. And I've got great respect for him and he does for me. So the mutual respect thing, I think, is enormous. Yeah. Massive. Very yeah. well said.
0: I mean, we, we're looking at Paul in this stage in his career, everything he's achieved, you know, and still now in his 40s, Johnny, he seems as, as hungry as ever to me. Would you agree that, that he, he still believes probably there's a gr- there's a very good few years left in his career and he's got one thing, one major thing that he'd like to tick off? How do you kind of look at those chances for Paul to to take that next step in his career and try and land a major title?
2: Uh, We talked about it, Sarah, because it was the journey that Luke wanted to go down. Um, Once he'd been number one in the world, he'd won both um, money lists. He started the quest of winning a major. And it it took us down a road that maybe now he perhaps wish he hadn't, but... Paul and I have talked about it and I said, you know, if you're going to make that choice in your career now, I would be careful just because if you start just thinking about four events a year, I don't know that Paul's the type of player that would be able to just rise to those four and just handle playing just okay, almost like warm-up events for them because, as I said earlier, I think that his game needs to be Strong enough that he feels mentally at ease with it, so it has to be sharp enough, meaning he could win at any week. Um I think he could win the masters I've always had. he's got great knowledge of the place. he almost just needs that little bit of fortune and and then he could well you know I mean he showed la uh, was it two, three years ago he got on a run that looked like he might have actually tied the course record there for a while, so I mean, he's capable of things at the Masters. There's no question. I think he can win a major. I still do.
1: Oh, I do too. I absolutely, I do. And I think, I think in his forties, you know, up to fifty, he's so fit, Johnny. He's got everything. He's 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 coming on very very nicely. He might these might be his best years.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean. Sometimes I, like I said, I'd like to see him with some other caddy just because, you know, I wonder at times whether I've become so friendly with him that maybe I've taken a little edge out of him. Even Paddy Harrington said to us at the Ryder Cup, he said, I need a bit more of that old Paul Casey sort of like grit to win. And maybe I've compromised that part of him a fraction. Well, I don't know about that
0: yeah it's interesting though isn't it and, and so Johnny your last Dubai Desert Classic that's your last your last week with him
2: yeah we're yeah. going to defend next year yeah
0: yeah and then you're going to head back to the UK and you're going to take the kids on the school run help your wife with the family chores do a bit of food shopping and uh, take it easy is that right
2: that's pretty much it yeah
1: and the way you are speaking come and take our jobs
0: at Sky
2: Sports. <laughs> I don't want to take it. Maybe I'll join you.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. What's going to happen to the, uh, the sock deal? I mean, you're, you know, you've got a great little gig over there in the US.
2: I know. I've actually started to see a few people copying, actually. So maybe that's a, that's a sign. <laughs> yeah, it was a great addition. It was really so different. Really cool.
0: And uh, Johnny, what about, you know, we we like to want to get a guest on. We like, we like to hear a couple of embarrassing stories. And we know sometimes, you know, as a caddy, caddy player relationship, you've got, you got to protect your player a little bit. I get that. Is there anything that you can share with us, though, maybe from your time with Luke or with Paul or even from, you know, one of your, like, best caddy mates on tour? I know you're good friends with Lordy. Anything that you can share with us that has never been broadcast live anywhere in the world before?
2: Well, there's... Actually, us lads like to play a game that's called the repeat game. Okay. So when you can try to get the person to say it over again and then try to find the right situation. So Fooch and myself and Lordy and and Terry Mundy, we're all quite big on this game. But you've got to obviously pick the right moment to try to get your player to say the thing over again. And one of my particular favourites was at the pga and paul's try he's about to hit his shot and there's a marshal moving around and paul has a bit of a uh, thing with marshals you'd know this radar he'd basically like to stick a big sword into every one of them it seems <laughs> um so this marshal's moving around and paul's literally on edge and he's just sitting there going can you stand still and he's shouting at this guy, and I'm just stood by the bag. anyway, he carries on, gets back in. Said Marshall moves again, and Paul just shouts over at him again. He goes, "I said, can you stand still, please?" And he just does this again. Um, gets hits his shot, beautiful shot onto the green, and turns around to me, and he goes, "Ah," oh, he said, "It's so annoying. Why do you have to say everything twice to these marshals?" And I said, you what, mate? He goes, why do you have to say everything twice? And of course, I just <laughs> fell about on the floor. He, he was... I mean, he's literally in peace. He goes, you can't do this to me now. I'm so angry. Goes, you what, mate? You can't. No, no. And it was just that little moment of repeats. <laughs> brilliant. Very <laughs> good. Yeah, they're brilliant fun. And you can try your hardest to get the right moment. We did have another one at... Uh, I got him with his other, my other favourite repeat line was, heading to the tenth tee at Pebble Beach, playing with Don Color and the head of FedEx, and it's like seven in the morning. Radar, you know, it's a tough tee shot that tenth there in the cold, yeah. and and we're stood there and they've got these little breakfast burritos, and I had a bite of them and I said, wow, those things were amazing. Paul, have you tried them? And he's like, no, and he had one, and it had jalapenos in him, and he said. Oh it's going to repeat on me all day. I said, "You what mate?" He said, "Yeah, it's going to repeat on me all day." I'm like, "You what?" <laughs> and he went for a third go in it. <laughs> really? I never even made it to the T cuz I was giggling so much. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me chuckle that. Oh, I like that.
0: <laughs> what about a, I hate to say it, I hate to use the word cock up, but one of my funniest moments was when I was at the Tour Champs. What's was- that? What, <laughs> <side>? <laughs> what was that Sarah very good very good um, the, the tour champs was it a couple of years ago when didn't he have it was two I, he got, picked the wrong iron or you gave him no he picked it out of his bag it was the wrong club wasn't it and then he yeah. gave you look alive on TV just remind us about that because that was brilliant
2: well he had
0: in the moment where you think shit <laughs> I've messed up here
2: I'm going to say it's hardly an important shot, is it? Into the 18th in the tour championship, 15 million on the line. Likely. Um, the pin was back, right. We had 228 yards to the flag with the wind slightly in off the left. And Paul, I said to Paul, we got to land this eight yards short of the flag. That's 220, hurting a little bit. It's a 230 shot. It's your perfect four iron mate. And we even chatted about a guy dressed in red, just left of the flag. And I said, so, right, got that window, yeah, chap in red, nothing else to think about, Paul, perfect for him. So, of course, he grabs his club out the bag. I step back a bit, and he hits this shot absolutely perfectly. And I'm watching, thinking, well, wow, this is going to go probably to eight feet for eagle, and it one hops, nearly hits the guy in the red over the green, And obviously, Paul just sits there staring at me because he thinks I've got the wrong yardage. And I know I haven't because I know where I am relative to the water and been there enough. And he's literally speechless because he wants to tell me off so badly. And then he's got hold of the club really near the end by the actual club head. And he's looking at me going, how on earth have we done? And then he looks down and he's got the one that doesn't have a number on. So he's looking in the bag and the four's still in the bag. And he's like, oh. Oh, Johnny, um, I've just hit a three-iron, mate. And of course, I'm sitting And Well, no wonder it's over the green when we have this little moment together. But it was all his doing.
1: Isn't that bizarre? You was a good golfer yourself,
2: Johnny. Isn't that
1: bizarre as a professional golfer to look down and, and, and a moment a moment of madness.
2: it must have been not to know exactly? Because, you, you know, we could
1: play golf without, without numbers on
2: our clubs. The head on those two clubs are the same. He's just had one bent. And they got rid of the line. Oh, I see. So okay. And a slightly hanging lie where he's hitting a fade in. I mean, I know what you mean. It's a, I mean, it's a ridiculous error.
0: But it wasn't your error.
2: It wasn't my error. Despite the fact uh, Justin Leonard was throwing me under the bus big time on air live. Yeah. So it was an enormous error on the caddies' part.
0: We defended you, yeah. Johnny. And I remember, because I got Paul over to the Skycar after for an interview... And, uh, yeah, he was a little sheepish. He was like, no, that was all me. Johnny's got to work there. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's, another, there's another place he can win. He's had much uh, success around there, like
2: Yeah, it's perfectly suited to Paul. It's a ball striker's heaven. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, I really think that Paul should do well at, um, at the Players' Championship, but I'm totally in love with it for him.
0: Definitely. And, Johnny, before we let you go, just a final word, <laughs> obviously, you're going to... You know you're going to be out at the golf scene. I know you're going to miss it, but I'm sure you'll you know you're going to keep in touch with everybody, and we're we're going to miss seeing you out there with your with your long socks and and you know it's always one of my favorite things. Turn up to an event in the states and seeing your smiling face. So we are we're, we're going to miss you. But how do you see the next few years, just from a caddy's perspective, in terms of guy who knows the world of golf really well, in terms of the changing dynamic and landscape. You know what next five ten years? What what is the world of golf going to look like? Are we going to see this world global tour? How how interesting is it going to be?
2: Well, I think before we get to that, I think Radar mentioned, I saw him last week and he was saying he doesn't think I'll be out of the game for very long. And, you know, I I won't say I'm done, definitely not. Um, I just want to break for a while, basically recharge my batteries. Mm -hmm. um, And then back to where I was saying earlier, you know, so that I'm able to give the full 100% again, which is going to require my energy, really, as much as anything. Um, Catch up with the kids, catch up with the family. I don't see this break being forever either, Radar. I did mention that to you. Um, And then the game of golf, where it's heading, I mean, it's really exciting what's going on. I just hope it doesn't get to a point where people feel bitter about what they might be not getting or should be getting, and, you know, because it's a beautiful game and everyone does all right out of it. And I hope we don't get too spoiled and think that we should be getting more and and that ruins it. But where it ends up, I don't know. The global idea, I suppose, came from the Greg Norman days. Uh, the Kerry Packer type thing springs to mind with branch off tours. And I, I hope that we can we can stay unified, if I'm honest.
1: Let's hope it doesn't become, as you say, Johnny, let's hope it doesn't become the old, like South African. You know, the, remember the old rebel cricket tour. Yeah. Um, I, I hope it doesn't end up like
2: that. So do I. Uh, you know, I think especially as we've got such a beautiful old game that's built on respect, and it'd be nice if it could continue. Here,
0: here. Well, look, we'll miss you out there. Wishing you the best in your semi-retirement, and yeah, hope to see you back out there. But keep in touch.
2: Good on you, Johnny. Have a great Christmas!
0: Oh, uh, I'm a ma- you know we're both massive fans. I love Johnny Mac. I think he's a, I think he's a top caddy. I think he's super professional. But I'm going to miss him out on tour. But Reno, you're, you're not. You think he could be back sooner than maybe we all think? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I,
1: I'm not sure he'll do as much in the states. I think he'll do a lot, but I don't think it'll be permanent uh, fixture over there. This is just my call. Maybe I'm wrong. But with the European Tour coming on leaps and bounds, becoming more of a world tour and the finances over here, the the rewards are going to be great for caddies as well. You know, you can come in and out. You can go Tuesday morning as a caddy now and you can come home Sunday night. So there's plenty of time with the family over here in Europe. So maybe he might see it that way. You know, I give the guy probably a year, um, Mm -hmm. 18 months out of it, probably a few guest appearances along the way for people who are in a bit of trouble. And, um, you know, I, I I, see him back. You know, I think he'll be back doing his stuff and probably come back bigger and better as a caddy, which is very difficult to do because he's had such success. But, um, yeah, you know, everyone needs time out. I had two years after I was finished back in the day. I had two years. I went back to Sydney and just... um you know, did some other stuff and and then I found the media and and, and you know, but two years it does you wonders. You come back a, a totally new person, you know. I had 20 years on the road or you know, on the European tour and three or four years before that. So, you know, it wears you down, and but two years, eighteen months, it does it does wonders just to get away from it and meet people and friends and not talk about golf. Just totally get away from it. And um, which is difficult, but it will happen for him, but he'll be back. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure.
0: Uh, yeah, and I think do you know, I don't know. It's been interesting who Paul, you know, who Paul leans on uh, in terms of that caddy for the next however long. But I think there was such a great relationship. I think he's going to miss him big time. It's been a massive. Oh, he'll miss him. Yeah,
1: he'll miss him. But he'll find he'll find someone else. I think Paul's pretty easy to caddy for. I yeah. mean, you know, he's a fine player and and. Um, you know, I, I think that you know if you're a smart caddy, um, and Paul asked you to caddy for him, I if I if I like if I was a caddy and Paul said, would you come and caddy for me? I'd go yes. Would you mind if I went Paul to Johnny Longsocks and had a chat to him for an hour? Hmm. But that that wouldn't be a, a, a bad thing to do. No. And um, but I think I think no, it won't be. I don't think Paul's a difficult guy to caddy for. He's a money making machine. He's got the good. So he's not going to struggle to find the caddy. And he's certainly not going to struggle to find the good one.
0: Exactly. Look, Redo, there's so much, I feel like so much has happened in the world of golf since I've had yeah, a cup episode. And I want to get onto the kind of Saudi Arabian angle and obviously the change in name for the European tour in terms of uh, the DP world and the sponsorship. I want to get on that in a minute. But can I just also, you were covering part of the weekend. I was in studio covering the CME Group Tour Championship. You won't have seen any of it. Um, because obviously you were covering the the DP world, then flying back. But Jin Young-Ko, I just wanted to kind of big up the girls and, and, and give a little mention to the women's game, because this season has been incredible. And we had Radar at the end of the season. We've had Nelly Korda, who has won four times on the LPGA Tour and picked up the gold medal at the Olympics. And then we had Jin Young-Ko heading into the CME Group Tour Championship world number two. So Nelly's world number one. Jin Young-Ko, world number two. She came into Naples and they were both vying for the Rolex Player of the Year, basically. So it all came down to the final day, final week of the season. Jin and ko went on to win for her fifth title of the season. And how about this? I don't know if you saw this stat. She finished her week hitting 63 straight greens in reg. Oh, that's
1: ridiculous. I didn't see that. Yeah. I did 63
0: greens in a row. Yeah, 63 straight Greens and Reg. And it was just, honestly, I think we talk about, you know, I think, I know you're a big fan of the women's game. We try and push. We're trying to do more in terms of media and exposure. This season on the LPGA Tour has been fantastic. But to have two players at the top of their game and a genuine rivalry developing between the two, for Nelly and Jin and Co, has just been unbelievable. And I just think kudos to both for the season they've had but also pushing each other as well to greater things. And I just it's just been incredible to watch.
1: Has anyone ever
0: done 63 greens in a row? I don't think so. That's incredible. So, yeah, so the last, her last nine LPGA starts, five wins, four rounds in the 70s, 29 in the 60s, 11 bogey free, 67.4 scoring average, 87.8 greens in reg. And, yeah, she hit her last hitting 63 straight finishes her week with that statistic. So I just wanted to just a little shout out and mention to those two, because
2: uh, it's, it's
0: been seriously fun to watch. Um, so yeah, come on then. So Greg Norman officially named CEO of this Saudi Arabian funded entity. So we're looking at about 200 million radar into the Asian tour of the next 10 years, the Saudi Arabia, we've talked about a lot before with the premier golf league, how, how, Greg Norman, I know, obviously was the guy who talked years ago about this world tour. Now, this new venture starting in 2022 and obviously with the Asian Tour is different to the Premier Golf League, and we're still waiting to hear more about that. How how surprising or how have you kind of viewed this over the last couple of months in terms of the changes that we're now seeing and how the landscape in golf seemingly changing all the time and what what we could be in for witnessing over the next few years.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's one of those things that um, I think they've got the right guy because Greg came up many moons ago um, with this and the powers that be. He wanted a world tour and I've always thought it was a great idea um, to have 20 tournaments around the world with the greatest players that we can all watch um, play uh, on a big stage, and I still believe that. But now we've got little little breakaway tours, and yeah. not little, huge breakaway tours if this all happens, but Greg Norman, I think, is the right man for the job because they bought the Asian tour, uh, so I believe, and Australia are interested in going. Greg's got huge pull in Australia and over there in Asia, um, in the Pacific area, uh, so that they have the right guy, uh, and there's no doubt about that. How it's going to work, I don't know. Who's going to go on it? I don't know. I'm hearing names that that, that, that are, are thinking about going, I believe I'm not going, I don't want to stand here and people come at me and go, well, I'm going to take you to court. I've heard that Westwood, the Roses, the, the Brysons, the... um. I heard Brooks. Whether that's true, I don't know. Uh, I've heard that, that, that so many people have been headhunted to come onto this tour, and I, I hear it's very, very soon that we're going to find out who is going and who's, who's not. It's um, it's, it, it's it's huge. It's a huge story, and no one knows. It's all ever so secretive.
0: But we're looking at we are looking at two tours here, aren't we? We're looking at two different establishments, basically. The link with the Asian. I heard.
1: I heard that the the Premier League one might not happen. Uh, But this Saudi tour uh, fronted by Greg Norman, him being the commissioner, Uh, I hear that's that's, that's all go. That's all go. But it's a matter of, you know, the PGA Tour, the European Tour, if you leave these tours to go and play here for huge amounts of money, Appearance fees. I don't think you'll be allowed to come back. I think it, you would. You would if you wanted to be a Ryder cup captain. Uh, you that that would be curtains. I mean, you you wouldn't be able to ever come back and play. But I'm also hearing that. Well, how can they be stopped? Like you, you that's a restrictive a restrict, a restriction of trade. You can't yeah. tell somewhere where to play. I want to play 12 there, and I want to go play 10 there. Who are you to tell me where to go and play? I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting. I, I think the I, I think the lawyers are going to get as rich as the players.
0: Yeah, I agree because it's mad, it? yeah. I I just I can't see how it's. I said this before when we we're talking about the Premier Golf League, and now we've got this. Obviously, the the, the new the new breakaway headed by Greg, um, and you're looking at the Asian Tour, and you're looking at who's going to go and how it's all going to work. But it, it's it feels pretty divisive to me still. And like you say, you know, I still feel my big thing with this is the top players are going to go. They've kind of all got to go together because it's only going to work really if you've got the big names, you can't have like one, one or two big names. You kind of need them all to go and there's risk to it. Yeah. They can go and they can make millions and millions and millions more millions than they're already making. But like you said, then there's, you know, you're not going to be welcome back on, the, world tour, the, the DP World Tour or the PJ Tour? And how is that going to play out? It's, it's so risky. I can't... It's hard to fathom how it will unfold.
1: There's other things too, Sarah. There's other things. If they're going to announce this very soon... Yeah. You don't announce a huge tour like that without having TV. Because yeah. there, isn't, there isn't a tour without... TV. If you yeah. haven't got TV, you aren't getting your product out there. Yeah, who's going to show it? We don't know. No one. No one knows who. Someone knows who's going to show it. You've got to have commentators. You can't yeah. have a golf tournament without commentators. Who are the commentators that are going to go? Yeah. It's and I, I I sit here and I go. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, at the end of the day, if the people we work with. Um, You know, if they would just show it and they said, right, you're off there to show. You're like, well, right, well, whether that happens, I don't know. I don't really, as long as we are showing golf and we are showing the best um, championships we we possibly can. But I can't see that because if you're inviting and paying uh, amazing, huge amounts of money to certain people and the others not, Mm. you're basically only showing six or seven players.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So
1: it's I, I don't know, but they obviously they have a plan. They they have a plan, but no one knows what the plan is. It's like this it's like this ghost ship that's just cruising around at the moment in the dark. We can't see it, but we will. It'll yeah. come out and it'll just be big white and it'll be in the sunshine. Well, I don't know. It's 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 I don't know. It's it's just are you are you hearing the same sort of stuff?
0: Yeah, I just, I think it's mad. I think, you know, we, we're we in this, we're, we work in this sport, we love golf, it's a great game, but things are clearly changing and things are clearly moving, but I just think it's fascinating because I can't, at the moment, I can't see, it just all seems so fragmented. They've obviously got their big agenda, they've got a huge amount of money. I still think there's the moral aspect with anything the Saudi Arabia funded entity, I still think you know, and Rory's talked about it. There's a morality question mark with that. Rory's talked about, you know, the mo- If it is it just solely about money, you know, are we just going because we a player's just going to go because they can make, you know, more millions than they already are. It's about, as Rory said, putting your place in history, in the game, winning majors, and there's a legacy with the PGA Tour and all the success. I can't look ahead and picture this in two or three years' time. I'm still quite confused about how it's all going to play out. But it's fascinating, and it's fascinating for us to talk and, and discuss, but, yeah, I I don't know. It's a case of watch your space. No. I'm hearing some yeah. um,
1: extortionate yeah. amounts of money. I'm yeah. hearing some unbelievable amounts of money. Like, it's yeah. you know, just in, for some older players. Yeah, for some older players, just offered amazing money. Like, okay, if you get to yourself 45 years of age and you, you've already got 70 million and someone says, right, okay, I'm going to give you for 10 events a year, I'm going to give you 60 million for five years, what does that man do? Does he go, everyone who listens to our podcast, they're going to go, well, I'm obviously they're all sitting there, you go, you yeah. go, you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I get that, don't you? It's like the, the player at that stage in their career, they've achieved a lot and their heads are going to be swayed by money. I get that. But I can't see, you know, a JT, a Rory, a Morikawa no, that because they're just, what's the point? They've got millions. They're going to make millions. Do they need an extra 30 million? That it's all about, you know, that they're in the game to win majors, to put their place in history. What's another 10, 20, 30 million?
1: Yeah, and are you going to put bums on seats? Yeah, with forty-five-year-olds. Exactly. Playing at the same time as Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, all these great players, Justin Thomas's, all the Jordan Spieth. Yeah, who are playing on the other side of the world? Which one are you going to watch? A, a completely. It, it's going to be. It's 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 quite. We've never seen it before in golf, um, but. Yeah, stay tuned because I hear the announcements. Uh, well, it needs to be soon, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's fascinating. And I think from the European Tour point of view, rename the DP World Tour. Did you kind of like that move in terms of Keith Pelley has said before, kind of more representative of the fact we are a world tour. But what what intent did that signal for you? The kind of renaming and the obviously the massive partnership with DP World. It's a good move, isn't it? And very positive signs.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. If, if someone puts in so much money to, 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 to take a, a tour, the DP World tour forward, um, why shouldn't they have the naming rights? Back yeah. in the day, we had a, um, I won't mention the, the sponsor now because, uh, you know, it's, those days are gone. But uh, we had a, a, a car company that was their tour. and uh, But now that's been gone. It's always just been the European tour. But now the naming sponsor is DP World and... Good on them. I mean, they're they're bringing the chocolates. Good on them. We've got them for ten years, and I'm sure that that won't be it. I think they'll be happy with the product going around the world. And why shouldn't they keep keep going? It's not going to be a ten years, and they're just going to go away. I think you'll find that they're going to love the the um, camaraderie. They're going to love the um, relationship they have with the European Tour. Now it's just a great product. Our PGA uh, PGA Tour are coming in. It's all it's all great. It's all great. It's all fantastic. But you know we've got this white elephant in the room and
0: we can't see it. No, but we will. It's going to be visible yeah, soon. We will. We will. Yep. Now we a lot to get through, and obviously we've cracked through most of it. I forgot to mention radar that when earlier when I was talking about the CME groups or championship. I was in studio at the weekend with Dame Laura Davies, who is one of my all-time favourite studio guests to work with. She's a legend, by the way. I think I've told you this before. She makes the best sandwiches, and she made us lemon drizzle cake as well at the weekend. It was so Dame, Dame sweet. Dame makes the sandwiches. She makes the sandwiches. What sort of sandwiches? Well, we had roast beef and mustard. Then we had poached salmon and cucumber. And she made cheese and onion. She honestly, and then she bakes the most amazing. We need to get her on Celebrity Masterchef or Celebrity Bake Off, one of the two, because she's a, she's an absolute legend. So, but, and I was also working with Simon Holmes. So we were talking, we were kind of chatting about, you know, obviously what was going on. Celine Boutier, he was leading after 36 holes. And we were chatting about Celine Dion and the Titanic in our, sort of studio, studio discussions, off camera, of course. And then Simon Holmes decides, live on air at the end of the show, to call Celine Boutier, Celine Dion, and me... All
1: yeah, well, right. Simon's an idiot.
0: <laughs> me and Damo. Well, we lost it. So I think, let, let's have a listen to it. Let's hear what actually happened.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? You've got sort of the, the beginning of this week, you had Nelly Corder and Jin Young Co. And what's so crucial in these final tournaments is that the rivalry works so that both of the players have really played well. Like Jin Young-Ko shot 500 miles a day, Nelly back of it with a 300-par. They're both right there. So the big stars are doing the right thing. It's going to be interesting. Will Celine Dion, will Celine Beauty, be able to hold <laughs> off um, those big stars? And you have to say, you know, they're going to put a lot of pressure all the way. <laughs> what if Celine Dion? I didn't Celine Dion. But you know, there you go. <laughs> he did it on purpose. He,
0: he did it. know, I, right, oh, I do love this, and oh, I I lost it. I thank God it was the end of the show because I couldn't continue. Brilliant. What is um. <laughs> What's the biggest fail? What's what's the epic fail you've made on live on air with the incorrect name? you must have a you must have a golden one.
1: No, no, the no. <laughs> If I get if I get no if I get someone really dodgy like they've got a, a, a tricky name. Um, if he if he's got a very difficult name to pronounce, like. From Thailand or somewhere like that. I just go, the boy from Thailand.
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
2: <laughs> when,
1: so listeners, when you listen, when you hear me you go, the, the man from Denmark, that means like, I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's got, got to a four-eye. <laughs>
0: tricks of the trade. And, yeah. and finally, Raya, what about did you see Tiger Woods back hitting balls? Obviously. Yes. Everyone's gone nuts on social media. Fantastic to see, and we we'll all get very excited now because we're like, when's he going to come back? When, when are we going to see him in tournament action?
1: Yeah, fantastic. It means the, the right foot certainly isn't as bad as the left foot because uh, the left ankle, because the right one, look, he's always a little tilted to the left anyway um, in the respect. He's a little, his weight's more not really centred. It's all, it's just fractionally further on his left. So, he doesn't really move off his left side a heck of a lot. That's why he covers the ball so well. So, look, this is very doable. And the way he was swinging the ball, the club there, with that big stocking down his, um, his right ankle, uh, it looked very good. It looked like he hadn't been away. I actually really had to have a good look because I thought it was a, um, a, a, a dodgy one. Like I thought, it was someone else, Tiger. Someone else's swing with a, someone else's head on it. I thought, has he come back, and and I checked it out. No, it's Tiger. I I, I really did. I, I got there and I went, is that him? Is that is that he? Surely not. And he's hitting it at about seventy-five percent. You know, can he? Can the goat? Can the goat come back and win another major? Oh, it's.
0: I mean, as if we haven't got enough to talk about in the world of golf. Excitement levels have reached new heights, Tiger back hitting balls, and we're all extremely excited about 2022. Radar, it's been nice to chat to you again. I missed you. It's um, fun to catch up and obviously discuss what's been going on. So I'm going to leave you to go and dry your underpants Um, behind you. No. And... They're not mine. <laughs> and we're going to do a Christmas special we're going to have an end of year little Christmas special we're going to look back at some of the highlights and we'll have a special guest for you as well but... no worries but I'll be doing that from Sydney everybody so uh, still be good how excited are you to get back to the motherland? Yeah, I'll be
1: alright yeah yeah looking forward to going back and seeing my folks um, I'm only back for six weeks and then we're back on the road to go up there to um, to Abu Dhabi you know go to the beach and play a little bit of golf back there and uh, maybe have a couple of cold beers and watch a few horses go around
0: nice few electric lemonades not jealous at all of your Christmas in Sydney Radar we'll speak to you soon and everybody thank you for listening remember Sturkers Radar on Twitter Sturkers and Radar Pod on Instagram thank you for listening Sturkers and Radar Uncut. brought to you by brought Ping. to you by PING play your best
1: Has been a Monkey Pants Productions podcast.